0: Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Beers, Box, and Battle Axes. I'm Marcello, joined by Mike. And today we have a very, very special uh, episode we wanted to feature. One of my friends who I've been wanting to get on for a while because she's a multi-talented, multi-faceted artist and writing uh, movies, uh, directing, uh, a bunch of other things. She's even done some uh, some music videos she's edited. And also because it is Women in Horror Month. Uh
1: is it really? I did not know that. It
0: is, yeah. There are a ton of women in horror, and this just happened to work out coincidentally. So we're just going to say that it worked out, and we planned this all along. So if you enjoy women in horror, which there are a ton of artists that I am looking through, we were we've talked before about uh, who's done raw Julia. Uh, uh, cool. I cannot pronounce her last yeah, name. Yeah, uh, her and uh, <laughs> her. It's like uh, Dick Orno
1: or something like yeah, that. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, Dick Dick Torneau, I believe. Um, who has Catherine Bigelow, who's done Near Dark. uh, Plenty of other, uh, the woman who has directed The Babadook, whose name I will get right now.
2: Jennifer Kent.
0: Jennifer Kent, thank you. There are plenty of women, and we obviously support them uh in and out throughout the whole thing. We're not trying to clap ourselves on the back, but this month we do want to feature our friend Kina McFarland, who we've been wanting to
3: have for a while. So welcome, Hello. Kena. Thank you. We, uh, you were telling
0: us, so besides horror and that, you said that you were saying before how you, your horse kicked you near your crotch. Uh, yeah. Your, your, your horse's name, uh, Maddie, right?
2: Yes, short for a matinee.
0: I love that. That is good. I like that a lot. I was actually going to ask how, where the name came about. How long yep. how long have you had Maddie? Is it just is it still under a year, I believe?
2: Yeah, under a year. It's been 8 months maybe. Um Maddie actually comes from a screenplay that I've been writing.
1: Oh, nice. <laughs> can you tell us anything about it or you got to keep the cards close to close to the vest right now?
2: Um I can tell you a little bit about it. It's kind of like a social media influencer kind of thing. Um Where fame is like the evil, corruption, kind of thing.
1: Okay, that sounds very. And religious. yet, I like it. Yet it's
2: also very, very inspired by John Hughes movies.
1: Ooh, really? Okay, <laughs> that sounds like a pretty sweet mashup
2: right there.
0: What? What's uh, any John Hughes movies in particular? I I, I would say the obvious choice is be Breakfast Club. Oh, Pretty, pretty in Pink. Pink. Mhm. Okay. okay. But <laughs> Is is this going to be horror related? Like, is Ducky going to, you're going to kill him after the big musical part? <laughs> it
2: is horror, but there is no, um, I mean, I guess there is a romance in it, but it's not really like that. It's more like inspired by the relationship between, uh, the father and daughter.
0: Okay. Okay. I cannot wait to read it or see it. Um... I was gonna ask, have you seen that kind of reminded me, did you happen to ever see Anna in the Apocalypse? I don't know if you have mic. Yes, I, I saw
2: it. it. I saw a premiere of it. It was awesome. Oh really? Okay.
0: You was it like the world premiere or just like the Seattle premiere or just a regular?
2: Uh I don't know. It was like I think it was a probably a test screening or a pre screening kind of thing. That's awesome. I, don't remember. I was helping with promotions of it, I think. At oh the time. okay.
3: Oh,
0: that's really cool. I recommend it to everybody. It's literally just like a horror comedy musical of high school kids, and there's a zombie apocalypse that breaks out. It's actually like
1: that sounds right up my alley. That sounds fantastic.
0: It came out from uh, Scotland, I believe. Lead with that next time, sir. (laughs) Scotland? (laughs) I know you love Scottish things. you Scottish bastard. I thought you you were Irish. Scottish. Tyler's Irish. Oh, Tyler's Irish. I apologize. Are you Scottish at all,
2: Um, technically.
3: (laughs) I like
1: it technically correct. (laughs) That's kind of correct. I mean
2: how far how far do you want to go? Because I've got like I've got everything. Really? German, Irish, Scottish, Welsh, Spanish. Oh, you Spanish? Yeah.
3: Wow. What about Ethiopian?
2: I have no clue. Although I do know um Moorish. Moorish is probably so like kind of Arabian. Oh wow, yeah.
0: Jesus, you're a so, United Nations
1: over there. <laughs> According to ancestry dot com, my last name comes directly from the Moors. I yeah. was gonna ask, actually. Yeah. So I don't know if that means I actually have any Moorish blood in me, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I even decided to bring that up. Well, <laughs> you know,
0: Mike hasn't been the same ever since he directed Bowling for Columbine.
2: <laughs> oh no! <laughs> let's,
1: let's not talk about that. I've been get, getting compared to that man since I was nine he, years old. He, he hates being known as the greatest comedian in the world
0: and director, uh, writer, director Michael Moore,
3: <laughs> famous yeah. for
0: Roger and Me. Uh, Marcelo, you're going to be the death of me, my friend. <laughs> Okay, Kino, so with you being a very... I, I went and watched some of your your short films and that, so before we dig into those, in film and writing, who
3: are your biggest influences?
2: Uh, I don't know anymore. Hold on, let me think. I know yeah. Chuck Palahniuk is a huge influence in my writing.
0: Did you ever... Uh did you happen to read the book that he did that was just a whole book that's a diatribe on writing?
2: Consider this. Yes. I am in I am in the middle of it. I actually uh stood in line to to get it signed.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Did he I did have... he... Oh go what? ahead, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> go ahead.
0: No, I apologize, it's on you.
2: Um no, I was just gonna say like I have um a few times gone to his signings. Which he's like probably one of the best people to meet for signings because he really wants to make time for people.
0: Did he? And then- did he give out like anything wacky? Because in the book he was talking about during the uh, the Fight Club, uh, like early signings, and then he would do like fake, um, oh god, uh, like arms. He had an like-
2: arm, yeah.
0: Okay, um, cool. so he did do that.
2: I don't think he did that for consider this. I actually don't know what he did for consider this. If he did anything. All I know is I tried to win some of those arms and I never got one and I'm so upset.
0: <laughs> Besides uh Paul and Nick, any any other ones that come off to the top of your head?
2: Uh Maggie Stiefvater, Neil Gaiman, writing wise. Um I try to think like film wise. I was always into like Tom Savini and Wes Craven.
1: Oh god, I miss the days when Tom Savini was the king of special effects. I
2: Yeah. It, I'm just looking at his picture on my wall right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tom
0: Savini,
3: he's a yeah. handsome fella. You have a picture of Tom Savini on your wall.
2: Yeah, I do. It's
3: that is awesome.
2: <laughs> I it's... met him at a at a convention like in 2009. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. I I so imagine... I have, oh, I have really... a wall of autographs right oh, from here.
0: for some yeah. reason, I imagine like him in a boy band pose. You know, like <laughs> you know, frosted tip 90s, tear and yeah. Everything. Or just like the shirt halfway pulled <laughs> up, and it's like one ab, <laughs> and it's just like Tom I
2: don't Steve. have anything like that anymore.
0: What What was the one that you did have that was of that? Um, I want to say Justin I mean,
2: Timberlake. I had a literal entire room, like <laughs> I don't want to get into my my creepy stalker boy band past. <laughs> but, well, yes. yes i was i was a um huge backstreet boys fan
0: and wrong with that mm-hmm. i preferred them over in sync
1: at one point
2: well,
1: i was always I, a 98 degrees kind of guy
2: oh 98 degrees was actually from my hometown um <laughs> this really? is so this is so stupid my dentist was related to the two brothers
3: <laughs>
0: really nick lachey yeah, and, was, uh,
2: yeah oh. and i was like oh my god i want to I want to meet them. Me. That's so stupid. Anyway, and then I, I, oh, Marcelo, remember when I had you, like, look through the the concert, the Disney concert for me? I,
0: I, I was going to bring this up. Yeah, you, she said yeah. that she was at the, uh, there's a 98 Degrees concert from Disney Channel that she was in, and I was, like, scooping it, like, scene by scene, and I, I saw someone that looked kind of like her, but I could never truly idea it. And uh, it was 98
3: Degrees in someone else. Hoku. Look it up. Yeah, Hoku. That's who it was. I've never even heard of Hoku.
0: She's like this white girl who I think was trying to be Hawaiian. Or no, she she's
2: the daughter of a Hawaiian singer.
0: Oh, there you go. She's very light-skinned. Mm-hmm. So it was like, we're giving you insta-push. <laughs> I, uh, Don Ho. That's who. She's the daughter yeah. of Don Ho. Okay. Yeah, so she was just like, oh, we got to fucking get her immediately. So her name was Hoku Ho. She was home.
2: actually really cool. I liked her, actually.
0: Yeah, You. so were you up front, or?
2: I was kind of lost in a sea of bodies. I have no idea.
1: <laughs> As it usually goes with concerts. I, was,
2: I absolutely hated it. It was like, that was the definitive moment for me, where I was like, every time I go to a concert from now on, I am getting to the very front. 'Cause like I was in the middle and I was gonna pass out and my friend who I was with, I was like, Hey, I need to sit on that uh railing that you're sitting on. She's like, No. I'm like, Great, thanks.
3: <laughs> you're a good
0: friend.
2: I'm gonna be like sixteen, just like passing out in this crowd. Anyway.
0: <laughs> you uh you were saying your dentist was related to the uh the brothers of ninety eight degrees where I used to work at, at Costco. The lead pharmacist there was the brother of Tim Allen. That's a... That's... Random-ass fact.
2: Yeah. Wow.
0: And you, you wouldn't believe it, but he's on Facebook, and he has, like, Tim Allen's, like, personal Facebook, because his last name's Dick, so it's Timothy Dick, and it's just Tim Allen just posing. Oh, wow. It's the weirdest thing to be part of a town that loves Tim Allen.
2: <laughs> that is really amazing.
3: If you could be related to somebody who's a celebrity, who would it be? Trey Parker. I'm... Hmm...
2: I think I still want Jim Carrey to be my dad.
0: Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you love Jim Carrey a lot because you were saying you, weren't you like in a long line to get an autograph from him or to like meet him or something? It was like a meet and greet?
2: Oh, no. I I did like the, when his memoir came out, I was online for like the the video uh, Zoom call thing.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. So you, you. I was, like.
2: One- Thousands in there, but I do have his autograph. Um, when I was in the fourth grade, I sent a fan letter, and his agency, I assume, sent me an autograph picture, but
1: with a <laughs> rubber stamp signature.
2: No, th- I'm pretty sure it was printed because you could see the dots on it. But, um, oh, I, I cherished it forever, though. I brought it to school with me, and I had it sitting in my flute uh, music sheet folder.
0: Oh, you were—you played flute.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: did you ever continue that, or was it just like a oh, I got to play something in in high school or music or middle? I school?
2: hated flute. It was a hand me down. I did not want to play it. I wanted to play guitar. But they didn't offer guitar in school band.
3: <laughs> have you have you learned since then to play guitar? Oh yeah, I have a guitar. How how I've... good are you?
2: Not good. <laughs> I can play some chords, and I can um, occasionally get a song that sounds right.
1: <laughs> Better than I ever got with a guitar. I, I I learned maybe two or three chords, and I just my hands are not dexterous enough. Yeah, and I've got stumpy fingers.
0: I I'm in Mike's camp. I have like very fat hands, so I accidentally do power chords on accident. <laughs> well, well, technically,
2: all you really need are like two or three chords, and then you can have an entire. Song. You don't really need to know anything else
1: that's true i mean there's always those jokes Mm -hmm. about like playing 80 different songs that use the exact same chord structure of four different chords yeah some bands build their whole persona off of it acdc
2: i do play a mean um pink panther theme song though
1: hell yeah (laughs) on guitar (laughs) yeah (laughs) Why, why have you not done that yet should open one of Kino's movie clubs with you playing the Pink Panther. Too. Oh my God, she would show all of a <laughs>
2: I'll
0: think amazing.
2: about it. I'll think about it.
0: That'd be amazing. Speaking of movie club, are you planning on bringing it back?
2: Yes, I am, but I don't know when. I was hoping it would be this weekend, but time got away from me.
0: I'm I don't. Just... Yeah, I remember I... last time you had big plans. I don't know if I'm okay to say what they were, but.
2: I would like to be reminded. You should tell me what they yeah. were. I... <laughs> uh, they, they
0: were big. They they were big, I tell you. Sounds you like... Yes, Sounds completely. like
2: I was in, in a no, manic you, state. <laughs> you,
0: you said you were going to have, like, the filmmakers of some film actually join us.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I, I remember oh, yeah. about that. That yeah, was I actually
2: didn't... supposed to happen, and then I canceled because I was just too stressed and overwhelmed. But, yeah um my Absolutely. friends will probably do it eventually
0: yeah that would be fun to have like uh, wasn't have it for uh the it. craft
2: no it was holiday holiday hell
1: that's right
2: i don't know anybody on the craft who do you think i, I am i,
1: I could have <laughs> swore you said at one point you did but that's what i thought that's what i thought
0: too i was like man we're getting joined by like people of the craft like Nev campbell's going What? yeah <laughs> she's fruja volks makes her first like podcast appearance ever like that would be
1: amazing
2: I oh, I know. would talk to her about witchcraft like crazy. That would I crazy. would
1: I would only talk to her about The Water Boy and Return to <laughs> Oz. <laughs> yeah, make it a big crush on Ferrugia Balk when I was a kid because of that movie.
0: I uh I'm looking at it now. I wonder if we could actually get Ferrugia Balk
1: on a on a podcast. I would pay money those. to get her on this podcast.
2: There's no no reason you shouldn't ask.
1: That's true. Mm-hmm. I I will.
0: I, I definitely will uh so i so besides like movies i know you're into horse riding what yes. what kind of got you into that like what you know what was like one of the things about horse riding that really kind of attracted you
3: to I, being with it and sticking with it
2: honestly i didn't like people
3: that's fair <laughs> that's I was, a really great why i
2: was, I was absolutely Absolutely
1: not a team. So you... That's smart parenting, right there. Definitely. <laughs> you, you were you were in basketball for a while.
2: I was in all kinds of sports. I did basketball, baseball. Well, not baseball, softball, um, t-ball. Uh, yeah, I did all those things.
0: Just imagine, like the post game, and she's just like saying she's the number one person. She's the whole team. <laughs> <laughs> she has this
1: whole ego, freaking out in the locker room. <laughs> you have was... nothing without me. <laughs> No, As nobody
3: can
0: not
2: me i was the one just like hiding in the corner like please go away i don't like you.
1: <laughs> now that that i can relate to
2: definitely
0: <laughs> i was very shy growing up oh god i this <sighs> some memory popped into my head uh there was one this is i want to know what, what you think of this on it a, on a, a woman level you know when i was like nine or ten my mom and take me to see a movie called Dirty, she went to take me to see Dirty Work in theaters, uh, or no, I was like six or seven, I'm sorry. So she takes me to go see it, and then we're sitting down, and then all of a sudden this, like, high school girl walks up, and she tells my mom that she thinks that I'm cute, even though, like, I'm a young guy, and asks if, like, if I want Cheetos. Like, would you ever do
3: something like that, Kino? If, like, you saw, like, a... Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I don't... <laughs> what? That, that's... That's the
1: weirdest part, weird. right?
2: That's very weird. That sounds like child trafficking to me. <laughs> yeah,
1: you almost got catch yeah. a predator, yeah. but you were the victim, not the predator.
0: Are you telling me? She was with, like, her, her two high school friends, and we were just watching the movie, and we were, like, rows back. That was what was weird. Like, we're, like, two rows back, and my mom's sitting down, and then that little girl just comes up, and she tells my mom that, and I was shy, so I didn't say anything. And then she's like, "Do you want some Cheetos?" She's,
3: that like, Cheetos
0: out of how really Creepy or how like she was on the air. Oh, wait, I think wait. I was like six or seven. Let me look when Dirty Work came out.
2: She might have been trying to get a a babysitting job.
1: Uh, 98. 98 so I
0: was seven years old.
2: Mm.
1: I think Kino's explanation sounds pretty plausible.
0: That's not bad, but you, like, you don't think that she would have asked? Like, there was no mention of that ever that well
2: in my experience growing up like you always wanted to pretend like you were really good for the job before you asked for the job
0: that makes sense
2: <laughs>
0: look i come prepared with snacks yeah. give me a job you got a fat Exactly. Kid. You're some fatty here. <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> so uh so besides horse riding uh I, I know you've done you were saying a ton of sports but you said you were a uh i know that you're a sideshow artist Yes, and that is that I commend you for because that is awesome. I've seen some of the stuff you jump on glass. Uh, there's like there's a picture of her and there's like a band playing in the background. Uh, so oh, yeah. what what are some things you do on there? And also like in the sideshow when you eventually come back to it, like what are some things that you want to do?
2: Um. Okay. This is a long answer. Um. So okay. I. Eat fire. I do human blockhead, which is ham- hammering nails into your nose. Man. Um, I jump on broken glass. I escape from street jackets and chains. I do the bed of nails, a bed of blades. I do ladder of machetes. Um, I do human dartboard. I do human bulletin board. Um, and basically anything else that sounds fun.
1: You might be the most hardcore motherfucker I have ever met.
2: And this is why I'm not bothered about my horse kicking me in the crotch today. <laughs> I understand
1: now, You should Damn. add that. <laughs> you
2: seriously should add
3: that.
1: I mean, you can only get away with that so many times in a row before something's going to break, just from, from the repeated trauma being kicked in the same spot. If you have, like, yeah. a
3: protective... Huh? If you have a
0: protective, like, shield to block your crotch... What like those I was
2: wearing a helmet, but that goes on sparring
1: diapers. <laughs> Did you say sparring diapers? Yeah, you know like those big like red foam pads that you wear in boxing. <laughs> oh to yeah, keep your... to protect your crotch. You should do that, Keno. Yeah. Just have a kicky in the crotch, and then just you have the <laughs> the sparring. She's a side so- show performer, not a jackass star.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's art to what I do.
1: <laughs> Eating fire? <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty fucking yeah, artful.
2: Have <laughs> you never seen that? Like like
0: No, I've seen eating fire. I just still it it still blows my mind because I know that there's a bunch of variables that could go wrong.
2: Oh yeah. I actually know um people who didn't really connect with like the stuff that they were putting on their face and then they went and ate fire later and then they ended up scarring their face because it burned because oh, whatever they had on their face was full of alcohol
3: oh no oh geez
2: so you have to be very careful about like what is in stuff
0: have have you i'm sure you have but have like any
3: stunts gone wrong Mm,
2: not as many as you would think like i did like when i was on the carnival circuit i was doing um glass jumping like three times a day maybe and um one day i just messed up one during my jump and a big shard of glass just went straight up into my foot
0: oh Oh. that makes me cringe (laughs) how how uh yeah because you're jumping on real glass it's not play glass
2: it's
1: it's straight oh my god
2: i get it from um bartenders
1: oh okay yeah i would be screaming in such a high pitch only dogs would hear it if that happened to me <laughs> it
0: just went right up in your heel or something oh man
2: it oh. went up the center of my foot so like the very <sighs> soft spot of my soul oh uh.
0: god that does... <laughs> oh my balls are cringing
1: <laughs> props to you like oh my god <laughs> so i i did have a question about fire eating can you explain exactly how that works or is that like a, a magician's trade secret that you're not allowed to reveal
2: I'm not a magician. I will tell you whatever you want to know.
1: How the hell does fire eating actually work without put you, you it, know, like, burning the inside of your throat and mouth?
2: You put it in your mouth, you don't breathe. And you close your lips.
1: Mm. Done. Oh, gotcha.
0: Oh, so it's just suffocating the, the oxygen part, right?
2: Exactly. You're extinguishing the flame.
1: Damn you, science always getting the better of me.
2: <laughs> Night show is all science.
1: That is awesome to hear. <laughs> it really is
0: what now has there ever been anything like you wanted to do as a side so much, side show artist that you have not been able to or you got the no or anything
2: um i do want to do sword swallowing it's just a very long process that i have not been able to stick with trying to achieve
0: but um <laughs> out, <Marcelo>. long <laughs> process get out <laughs> <laughs> Is it, is it just, like, you have to know how to swallow it right, or is it just, like, you you have to, like, really loosen the jowls and get the, like, stretching part correctly? Because I know you're just... You, essentially... have,
2: a, you have a variety of um, gag reflexes down your esophagus all the way to your stomach. So this... I, I want to say there's, like, five. So you have to control each gag reflex.
0: How do you, like,
1: prepare for that?
2: swallow a bunch of stuff.
1: It's <laughs> the best explanation I've ever
2: heard. <laughs> oh, man. There are many ways that you can learn how to do this. None of them are pretty.
1: <laughs> Here, swallow this rock. That'll help.
2: <laughs> that's Well, ha- you have to be able to hold on to it so you can bring it back up.
0: Oh, okay, that's fair. Fine, here's a broom handle. <laughs> it, does it ever touch the stomach acid? Yeah. Oh wow! So you can have a sword that's just
3: the tip
2: comes,
3: <laughs>
0: comes out. You
2: can have like ones. you can have some severe damage to yourself if you do it wrong.
1: Oh, I believe it. Yeah. That, ooh, I don't even want to think about it though. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like there are some people who have like they they'll swallow multiple swords, and if the swords ever split like in like a uh, kind of scissor, then um. The PG show. It can get really messed
1: up. I, I'm That's imagining a... it now, and I probably won't sleep tonight. Yeah, yeah if
2: you
0: <laughs> Definitely move your neck, like, forward. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, yeah, you're. I give you
1: props. That, that is tough. You know, if somebody had told me in school that sideshow performing was all science, I probably would have a PhD in some sort of science at this point already. That's how we get kids it- interested in that shit. That's a good point it,
3: actually.
2: I actually I was gonna do a show with some sideshow performers for um YouTube or something, like some kind of web series where we were going to actually show the science behind Sideshow, but we never never got it off.
3: Did they get killed mysteriously?
2: No, we kinda had a falling out.
3: Oh gotcha. <laughs> they got killed.
2: It, I mean I haven't heard from them in a very long time. They might not be around anymore.
1: See what I mean? They got killed. Marcello, not everybody dies mysteriously, bud. If you're trying to expose secrets
0: of a long tradition, yes, you get killed. (laughs) There are plenty of movies (laughs) on this, plenty of documentaries on this. Now, besides all the stuff we've talked about, Kino, I know that that's not your real name, and I'm not going to give your real name away or anything, but with with Kino and Kino Be Demented Not Your Given Name, you know, what inspired you to create like a a new you? Like what are the, the origins of the name?
2: Well, okay. So this is going to be really weird, but I wrecked my car in a tornado like in 2012. And then from there, I went through a whole lot of stuff in my head. And then somehow ended up in Washington State, and then, when I was starting to build my film career out here, I realized I was like, I'm a totally different person now, like and i'm I'm me now, like I am free, I am me, and like my other name, which I don't really care what anyone if anyone knows it, it's Kristen, and um, it means believer in christ, and I'm like that's that's not me." So I'm like let's go with Kino cuz I love film and Kino is cinema in German and I am German to some degree. <laughs>
0: really? Have you thought about being like Spanish like when we look for cinema in Spanish?
2: I have. Um this is something that I've been thinking of for like many years like even before. I was like but like in Spanish it's like película. Like that that doesn't so, Kino is just a really cool name. Kino <laughs> like, is
3: good. I, I do salute you on that. I like, do like that.
2: Four letters.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really easy to spell.
2: <laughs> <It's>
1: very memorable. <laughs> From the most beautiful language in the world. German.
2: Sure. <laughs> Actually, I love it so much. I love German. Like, yeah.
1: I do too. I I, I wanna eventually learn how to speak that language myself.
0: Mm-hmm. My uh, I agree with you on the four letters. Growing up, my mom used to call me "coch," which is short in Spanish for "cocheton," which is chubby cheeks. So throughout like my whole young life, my mom would call me nothing but that. Never was Marcelo ever.
1: Why did you name me Marcelo mm. if you're not gonna call me that?
0: Yeah, it was. You know, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much because I still have the cheeks to this day.
2: <laughs> my parents never... call me Critter. Critter. Yeah. Why Critter? Because I guess because of my love of animals, I don't really know. My dad started it and never stopped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, uh I remember you saying like Cecil B. demented was the way you added the be demented, right? Because you, oh really yeah, yes,
2: it? I, didn't, I didn't get into that part, but yeah, okay. um, yeah, it was I mostly know- because uh, my stage name before was Hannibal, which was uh a throwback to. Hannibal but it's like I wanted something more cinematic because I had this idea of doing my sideshow stuff that was more relevant to like cult film and stuff but it it still hasn't really gone in that direction it's just kind of me being weird (laughs) yeah
3: so from your
0: from like your growth of like starting this new you from Kristen to like was there what was like the toughest part from from that like growth? Because like you you were saying you went through some stuff in your head and I obviously don't want to dig into it too much cuz that's your own story, but like I what don't mind what's one of the toughest parts do you think going from Kristen to what I came to know you as is Kino?
2: Um I think it's really just like how other people see me. Like if people in my past or my family and whatever, they don't want to call me Kino. And I imagine that's kind of like how uh, LGBTQ people feel a lot of the times. Probably even harder that is what they feel is like. But I, I get just a taste of what it's like.
3: Gotcha. Is is there like I, a,
0: um? Is there like a part of you or a part of like Kino or Kristen that like we have yet to see, or like maybe that you're still trying to to figure out in a sense that you haven't brought to to light yet,
2: probably I don't know
0: <laughs> <laughs> good answer like, I,
2: <laughs> I I learn something new about myself every day.
3: What's the last thing you've learned
2: um, that I can get kicked in the crotch by a horse. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Marcelo asking the hard questions tonight. <laughs>
2: it's
1: a hard-hitting journalism at its finest.
0: What are the uh the people that turn butter? Think <laughs> Amish. Amish thank you. <laughs> Looking for a good Amish woman who could take a <laughs> or scratch it.
3: Oh my That's god. That's a marriage woman. <laughs> no,
0: you've you've grown like I remember you telling me how you in that period like you grew a lot in the local Seattle scene and you're and you're kind of known um because you've done uh, fire uh, Sorry, uh, music videos with uh artist called Angel Spit. Um, you know, being in the Seattle film scene, like how did you go about getting your reputation? Was it just like going to, to festivals or, or anything like that? Anything in particular?
2: I did everything I possibly could and had time for. And I burnt out because of it. So I don't ne- necessarily recommend anyone do what I did. But what I did is I was volunteering for the horror conventions and doing a whole lot of work for free and and no recognition or anything. But I was just getting my face out there and my name. And then I was doing the 48-hour film project a lot. And then I was in uh, workshops, going to events. I was everywhere I could be.
0: I uh, I was going to say, I noticed that. You had, I think it was 20... 16 or 17 i saw you were trying to do like a short film a week which was like this 52 short films like one a week project and i i saw that it only ended at 15 were you just getting burnt out on it
2: um yeah and that was the second time i had done it i had already done it in 2011 um and that was successful but like the last one i just kind of got tired of it i was like It didn't seem like I was getting anything out of it anymore because it's like I needed to up my game and I was doing all these things that you have to do super fast when really I need to do something that takes more time.
3: Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, definitely. Do you feel like you've grown like since then, since either the 2011
3: short films or the 2016 ones? Yeah, to a
2: degree. Like, I've, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say, like, definitively, because I, I don't really look back at my stuff that much, but um. Uh, I guess, like, I'm less afraid to approach people now about, like, working together or say I have an idea for something, and so, like, I can reach out to Angel Spit and be like, Hey, what do you think of this idea? And they'll be like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Let's do it.
3: Nice. Um, so in
0: your growth like in the film scene or just even today, have you ever felt like uh hindered by others at all? Like within the, the film scene or, you know, in like your own life or anything like that?
2: Of course. People are dicks. I agree <laughs> with
0: you there. Is is there like, like one instance in particular that like really stands out and you're just like fuck this person
2: oh man i have so many so many and i am so ready to kick some ass
0: <laughs> is there when you want to air out or you're just like you know, <laughs> I need this energy to... no
2: i don't need to it's just it's there's just like one in the horse world like there's this one person who just made me so angry and really like set me on a trajectory but actually at this point I'm like I'm really grateful that all of that turned to crap because I am doing so well right now not to toot my own horn (laughs) hey
0: we're happy for you really you're you're a friend of the show and everything um outside of film and even inside like what is something you're very proud of
3: Boom, baby! This is Dickie V's brother, Ricky V, here to talk
0: to you about DiGiorno. This is not the DiGiorno reading. The hell is Ricky V doing here then today? Come on, I've got a tan at three. Here to talk about. What is this, Anchor? What is that? Podcast? I don't know what the hell that is. So it has tools that allow me to record and edit it right from my phone or computer? When I host on Anchor, I can distribute it on the listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything I need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, it's free, huh? Sure, sure. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get
3: started. All right, baby, Ricky V's ready to record.
2: I like that I can get stuff done no matter what the
3: budget Oh yeah, what's the uh, what's like the biggest budget you've had?
2: Probably <laughs> like a thousand dollars.
0: What can I ask? What film it was for?
2: Like what's... Oh, I don't even know, cause like I was so terrible about keeping track for a long time. But I want to say the most expensive one that I did was probably Declawed.
3: Okay, cool.
0: I'm you know I'm actually glad you brought that up because I was watching it and you're there's a you guys haven't seen the short film go watch it it's only like a minute and a half it's i i recommend it because it's kind of a shock out of left field it's really it's real short but uh in one point one of the guys gets nude in there like you just see his ass and his ass hair like is that is that hard to
3: film at all like nudity um
2: for me no not really but like trying to be comfortable with other people i think that in general is really hard. Uh that actor is actually a burlesque performer. He is performing this weekend in Seattle at a show called Bohemia, which is actually super cool and I wish I was seeing it, but I just don't have the availability to do that. So if anyone is in the Seattle area and can go see Bohemia, do it. Um but anyway, uh I filmed the nudity and the sex scene specifically as a challenge to myself because i've never been a sexual person and i have kind of been like i've had an aversion to sex scenes and all that stuff so like i really wanted to make something that was strictly sex and violence partially as a challenge and then also partially as a commentary on society
0: am i okay to tell what it's about like am i okay to spoil it. it Okay, so so D-Claude is just like, this guy and this girl are having sex. She like digs into him and then he goes to the bathroom and checks it out as he's like putting on his underwear and all of a sudden he just grabs a knife and then he just, he he grabs the woman and puts her in a chair in the main room and then just goes with the knife and just slices her fingers
1: off. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It's a family picture. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds right up my alley, honestly. Yeah. But that that's actually a really cool story about it, because honestly, projects like that can be so fulfilling just in and of the fact that you, by the end of it, you've proved to yourself, you're like, yeah, I can do this. And I'm glad I tried it, even if it yeah. doesn't tend to turn, if, even if it doesn't like turn out the way you want it to. Definitely. It's just like, Definitely. well, at least I was able to pull it off and I'm proud of myself for overcoming that challenge.
2: That's really all I ever do, because like I have so much negativity in my head from just stuff people have said to me over the years. And, I'm, and then at some point, you start believing it. So in my efforts to fight back, I take those things that people say I can't do or that my brain says I can't do or that I won't do, and I just go ahead and do it
0: uh yeah no and it it, i think it really worked with that just mainly for like the the shock factor and the whole film is based on that concept of the sex and the digging in the nails because uh yeah like the special effects were damn good um you think so they were not bad i swear i have seen so much worse on like budgets with so much more oh man it works perfect because like it's you're just like oh this is just a regular sort of sex thing and you're like the horror is she's gonna leave or something like that or like he's just gonna get her in the stomach but the fact that it's based around the actual fingers getting digged in and then he's he just brings the knife and then it's just out of nowhere of just chopping (laughs) and you're just like oh my god it it works so perfect for it
2: well it is an allegory for cat decline
3: that makes sense that makes sense (laughs)
2: Because, you know, uh, it, when they declaw cats, like, that's actually, like, cutting off the fingertips at the bone.
1: That's horrifying. I'm mm-hmm. glad they don't advertise declawing your pets that much anymore.
0: If you did
3: declawed, too, and it was about pussy shaving, what would what would the allegory be? What? <laughs> if, if you had a sequel to it, but it was about cats getting shaved
0: pussy shaving like what would the allegory like be there like what what would the story be like he pulls out a razor
3: but
2: there's already
0: like a a problem skin
2: Skin is a sequel
3: (laughs) there's a sequel you said skin oh okay oh it's an anthology yeah yeah yeah.
0: she has a there's another short film of like somebody in like a dog shelter and it's this uh this one naked guy who's just getting skinned like alive, and then uh it's these two women that walk in and they're like starting to wear the skin.
1: are these all on your YouTube channel right now, Kino? Yes, I know what I'm watching when I get home indeed, it's a real quick watch they're they're all really good I got it I gotta really give you props for it,
0: even the one you have of the uh it was something different because it's a comedy one that she has that's like six or seven minutes, and it's like uh, this therapist who's just trying to eat a sandwich, and he has all these crazy patients who won't let him eat
2: angry yeah
0: yeah hangry that was actually really fucking that good that was
2: my that was my first um 48 hour film and that was probably like the first film i made outside of school or anything like that was actually for something and with other people
0: that that one's hilarious the guy you have is the uh the therapist i know he was in another one you had called uh oh god uh the beast of uh I
2: beast of the earth yeah
0: yeah beast of the yeah he um I know that he was like the father that was in in the short film for that. Uh that guy was great. I don't I don't know if if he's still around or not, but yeah, the, the stuff you've had him like star in, he's been perfect for
2: Yeah, I loved him. He he passed away a few years ago sadly.
1: Uh Rest in peace to He you. was
2: he was super supportive of all my work and everything. He was always trying to get me to do more and I very much regret not taking him up on working with him more because he was he was phenomenal
3: for sure
0: um who is your uh, like dream person to work with you you've said jim carrey you wish was your dad but <laughs> if, if for some reason besides jim carrey who is like another person you're just like i would love to either direct them or write them or be in a scene
3: with them or
2: Who's i've always you? i've always wanted to direct christian bale as a a vampire Ooh,
1: I like that.
0: Is there like a story or you just he's a vampire?
2: No, he just has a vampire jawline and I just want to make that happen.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't yeah. had him in that kind of movie yet. Definitely. I like that idea. Yeah. A very intimidating vampire. Um, yeah.
2: Especially with his natural accent.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that Welsh accent.
2: <laughs> yeah
1: with um now i want to see him do batman red rain which is an elsewhere comic where batman has to fight dracula and it ends with him getting bitten by dracula and then it has two sequels where he's a vampire and he murders his entire rogues gallery so why not just have christian Bale and blade what is like a bad guy yeah that makes a lot of sense but he's already been batman so i'm just saying like that would be really cool that follow would up to where we get the best of both worlds. We get his Batman again, but we also get him as a vampire. That would be awesome. We've, we've never had like the superhero be the villain in the next thing, which
0: we should. They were going to do that for Green Lantern, which Ryan Reynolds would have been the villain, and they would have brought in the uh, the black Jon Stewart. Oh, nice. Which would have been awesome. Was there a white Jon Stewart? I'm sorry. I don't think so. I mean, okay, well, I'm a fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to go on a yeah, superhero sorry. tangent. <laughs> sorry, Tina. You know. Uh, so, Kino, in your writing or your short films, do you ever find, like, there's a common thread or some sort of, like, idea kind of, like, present?
2: Yeah. Um, it's usually about the mistrust of people.
1: We are a shifty right. lot. I understand your mistrust. Makes sense. Is there it, is
0: there anything that you've, like, written, whether it be, like, personal or even, like, a film that,
3: you know, that's been, like, the most evident? Um.
2: I'm really not sure. It was actually um, Angel Spit who pointed it out to me a few months ago. He said that, he's like, you know, whenever, in all of your, your work, there's always a trickster character. And I'm like, really? What are you talking about? And then I had to think about it. And then I realized in everything, either there are people pretending to be somebody's friend, or there's always somebody who's, not who they say they are.
3: Okay, definitely. So definitely, it's... like
0: distrust or something like more than under the surface.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I I can see that. Um, definitely, it, when we were uh, when I had acted in your short film quarantine, um, I I could see that because it was just like, if, if you haven't seen it, it, uh, it was just like all these people that were on a webcam and it was throughout the covid pandemic that's still going on and then something happens and the was it the government that comes in and takes takes one of them?
2: Yeah, basically. But somebody on the chat uh made it happen.
3: Yep. Yep, which which yeah. I I like. Yeah,
0: I I can that makes a lot of sense actually. Um with uh I know you kind of answered this earlier but still just want to dig in a little more, but do you find any more like metaphors or allegories in what you write? Or do you, do you think in your head that you try and make your art like straightforward?
2: I I don't usually try to set out with an allegory like projects, like um, the averted anthology that was all based on animal rights stuff. So I was planning on doing every short film with that, with like an issue. And then just equating it to the human experience, and then, but with like normal writing stuff, or like say, uh, *Hangry* or *The Beasts of the Earth* or something. All any allegory, anything that comes through that that was just natural. Okay.
3: Um.
0: All right. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, the damn Craig uh cut off when we we're in the middle of things but uh, um welcome back you Kino. it's been a, it's been 2 seconds but um so 40. yeah exactly <laughs> but um so my question for you is that uh where we had cut off was when you're in your growth like as a filmmaker a person um other things in life do you ever feel like it's hard has there ever been any points in there where it has been hard to
3: say like let go or move forward with some things?
2: Um I mean kind of. It it really depends. Like what do you mean like by let go, like of my Um Trying to think like
3: it's more of me trying to think of how to <laughs> how to
0: how to put what I'm uh trying to ask. Um by let go, say like any filmmaking techniques that you that you're just oh, like, yeah. I really like how to do that, but I want to go this way, um say in your own life when it comes to um things that you have maybe not necessarily things that you have like, I don't I don't want to say sacrifice, but have had to not enjoy as much of um in I, order to make anything else work
2: I see um well, I think well, this is interesting because I actually started filmmaking with the crappiest webcam on earth, like I have footage of <laughs> I have these strange little short films with my webcam where I'm sitting at my desk doing stuff, but it's like so. I basically come from a way of thinking that I will make do with whatever I have, and like, yeah, I I love like expensive gear and stuff just as much as the next person, but I am going to utilize what I have available to me at my best possible, or the best possible way I can. Um, and one one way I I like to illustrate that in general is to be like. Um. say I have a really crappy camera and so and I, I might not be able to make like some fancy shiny very slick looking film but what what could I make with that so like when I think of what I'm making I don't usually go towards what I want to make I start with the I start where I, um, where I am and what I have available. Does that make any sense? I'm,
3: that no, that makes a
0: lot
2: of sense. My um, brain is kind of like <laughs> off. Um, not really making a whole lot of connection right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Do you uh, does that ever play into any of your
3: um story ideas? Um, regard of like the limitations for it.
2: Uh yeah. Uh for all my short films that I've done, like all of them have had my limitations in mind. So it's like everything, if I'm going to produce something myself, I write for what I have and what I can do. Like I don't I don't try to make a big dream. Like I have other films that I'm writing and stuff like screenplays and stuff, but I don't think that I'm going to be the one to make them because I don't have those resources necessarily. Or if I do make them, it's going to be way down the line when I could have those resources. But like, okay. if I'm going to make something now, it's like I'm going to make something that I know I can make.
0: That makes sense. So so to kind of go into that further, with uh, with horror you've done and things you're writing, um, is there anything that you feel like you've, you, you hold back on for the audience or maybe even for yourself and you're just like, I'm not ready to, to go down that road that I think this is going
2: um I like to do a lot of stuff with that has like some kind of social commentary towards it but there are a lot of stories that I want to tell that I'm not sure I'm the right person to tell them at this point in time because I haven't experienced enough um stuff with like Either that topic or whatever, even though like I could be super invested in race issues or something like that, but I don't think that I am the specific person that should be telling that story.
3: Okay, Got, Yeah.
0: Um, so why, uh, why horror? Why, why horror? Like, why the the macabre of of everything?
2: Horror is the best genre for getting any point across that that could be subversive because you can tell any story like, and you don't, you're you not like, there's really no limitations to horror. Like you have so much freedom to make whatever. You can be surreal or realistic, or it can just be totally experimental and people could just be like, I don't understand what the heck that was. But like, they're still gonna start thinking about it. And, it, and if you do it right, or if you do it well, it'll get stuck in somebody's head and it'll plant a seed and it'll just keep growing and growing and growing and then eventually people will be like, oh, that's what that was about.
0: (laughs) I I like it, no, and that's definitely true. I mean, a lot of, like, Wes Craven movies uh, are, are like, metaphors and even the the thing people have drawn like metaphors to other other stuff in the world. Sorry, I'm still on that brain kick as well of just... uh...
2: (laughs) Back into gear is hard.
0: I know. <laughs> um what um so if there wasn't horror like what is there like another genre that you'd fall back on?
2: Um I love genres in general like outside of your average drama and comedy. So I really love action. Um I really want to do a martial arts film.
0: Oh nice. Like um any any movies like in the vein that would be similar?
2: blood sport
0: <laughs> you, you don't hate me but I've on. never seen blood uh blood sport
2: Oh man I am such a huge Van Damme fan <laughs> I
0: I think I've seen only a few of Van Damme's movies um
2: Ah uh,
3: yeah I I know
0: I grew up mostly a uh, like a Jackie Chan kid yeah. I I I didn't end up watching okay. like Universal Soldier till I was like in my 20s
2: well, go watch Bloodsport, and just just go look at all of Van Damme's catalog. It's so much fun.
0: <laughs> I okay, promise I will. <laughs> uh, with uh, so we're gonna go back to horses just for a second, but yeah. um, I remember asking you what are some things that are misunderstood about horses, and I remember you bringing up a fact that if I if I recall this correctly, horses within four feet of a person can hear their heartbeat. Is that right?
2: Yes. They can hear your heartbeat from four feet away.
0: And. And uh, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, (laughs) I was just, sorry. I just wanted to ask, is that like a, a mechanism for them to like understand what's near? Like, so they know if they're in trouble or.
2: Yeah. Cause they're like, they're herd animals and they're flight animals. So in general, like they're. Uh, flight or fight response is the response is to flee. So, like, I th- I think, this is not any science-based, what's just, <laughs> this isn't science-based whatsoever, but um, I think that part of that is, so, like, if they are with their herd, they are more in tune to what's going on around them and each other. So, if their heart beats raise like, if your heart beat raises, then they'll get antsy and be like, oh my God, I have to get out of here. And that's one thing that in uh, horse training, we actually have to keep in mind of our, the energy that we are um, uh, projecting towards the horse. Like if we are super anxious, our horse will be super anxious. And with thoroughbreds, which I have a thoroughbred who's actually an off the track uh, racehorse, she will be super ang- anxious and like she is just an absolute reflection of whatever is going on around her.
0: Okay. Um what uh, so on the topic of that and go, kind of coming back to film like what are some of your uh, like favorite movies that deal with horses um as well as what do you think are some of the most realistic when it comes to the topic of horses?
2: Uh okay so I love to watch all of the horse movies but they are mm-hmm. all absolutely awful. <laughs> <laughs> Is it
0: because it's usually like oh we need to do this within 3 days and it's about like the humans rather than the horses?
2: Sometimes although I really like Black Beauty like Black Beauty and the Black Stallion were some of my absolute favorites of all time they're very well done. Um and Black Stallion I think that might have been an Oscar winner. I can't um, remember. Might I have will been photography. I will have to I don't remember at all. But um uh the stories the stories for most horse movies are like we have to save the farm with this broken down horse that some girl from nowhere who knows how to who does not know anything about horses or how to ride she's just going to get on the horse and win this big show. And then we're going to be all happy and save the farm. And like, that's all of them. And it drives me crazy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you had, uh, if you had the opportunity, like what would be your, your horse film? Like would, would they serve as like a, a main character? And like, would you blend that with horror in some way? Like what, what, what would your idea be of like melding these two worlds together into like an actual good movie instead of it being this more of the same?
2: Um, in my experience in the horse world, I, there was a long time where I did not feel like I actually fit in because I am, uh, goth. Um, <laughs> and there's just like, there's a lot of stigma about money and all of this stuff. It's just a place where I actually don't really look like I belong in. And yet here I am. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of times there's people who are just absolute crap and then and nobody talks about it like they'll, they'll be abusive towards people or animals. And like, they're the ones that everyone is just like absolutely in awe of. And they're the ones who get all the good deals and all the good horses. and And you're just like, what in the actual hell? So I am actually writing something that goes into that.
3: Oh, okay, awesome exactly.
2: I like the nitty gritty dark areas of the equestrian world for storytelling, and let me tell you, there are so many, and it is delicious
0: okay so there's there's like a lot of stuff we just don't know about like the equestrian world that you really wanna kind of bring to life
2: Oh yes, there's just there's so much like like the bullying thing is kind of touched on here and there but there's a lot more dark stuff that nobody nobody will even think about. Like I actually was was involved in well, mildly involved in a lawsuit this past year um dealing with some bullshit for some horse people. Oh <laughs> so, wow. Yeah,
3: so you
0: can't I'm sure you can't go into it. Um is, can you give us like an example of like one short story that people don't know?
2: Like an example from my real life?
0: Um, your real life, or like say something that's like known within the like oh. uh, community, but like that's very like hush.
2: Um. Well, for one thing, there's a lot of uh, undocumented people just being abused because they are, I mean, people feel like they can just do whatever they want with them, which yeah. is absolutely awful. And that was one aspect of the thing that I took part in earlier. Um. And then there's this other thing where it's like, kids who want to be equestrians or like, go to the Olympics and stuff, they have this, Quote unquote program where they have to go through and be a working student for like a year or whatever with a top trainer or whoever and that top trainer will treat them like absolute shit. they won't um, teach them anything they are just basically there for as slave labor and they think that they're there learning the business and i actually did this a few years ago when i moved to washington and this was not the first time I had been a working student, but this was the absolute, like, absolute worst experience of my life. And and like this person actually looked for people who were over 21 to be their working students. And while hers her position was not unpaid and it did include housing, there was like a lot of um, a lot of crap going on behind the scenes, and then when I started like disrupting things, because that's my nature when I see stuff that's not right, I start taking things into my own hands and start screwing with the status quo or whatever. But uh, she brought in this 16 year old girl, and like that is when I started getting really protective and stuff. So it's just like, there's a lot of stuff where people just want to take advantage of each other. And there is stuff where people trying to compete with each other and they will um, damage somebody's tack. Like the, uh, somebody's girth might be, might fall off in the middle of a ride or something because somebody tampered with it or, there's just all kinds of stuff that people just don't really think about.
0: Jeez, yeah, seriously. It <sighs> seems like you could write like an entire series about a lot of
3: things that you've seen.
2: Oh yes. And actually, um Dick Francis is a th- a thriller writer. I think he's uh British and then he wrote mostly about racetrack thrillers. So it's like that um mysteries around the racing industry, which the racing industry In the United States, is pretty much under fire all the time because various people disagree with things that are handled. But like honestly, when you add money to any sport like that and start doing gambling, there's always going to be something shady going on. But definitely, yeah,
0: yeah. I know uh, horseback (laughs) betting was like the big thing in the through the twenties through the forties. If I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um so one more thing and then I'll I'll let you g- and then we'll do your plugs and we'll let you go. Which I can't thank you enough for coming back. <laughs> but um with with film with um with writing with horses like to you just anything you do whether it be online or offline what is the one message that you like really hope to project and that you hope people start to people understand about you or people
3: see what you do. And they're just like, you know, I get her.
2: Mm. I want people to realize that no matter how hard they try, they're not going to limit me. I limit me and I have no limits.
3: I like that.
0: That's,
2: that's <laughs> I really
3: like that a lot. Uh, all
0: right let's 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 uh let's get your plugs out and everything. I got let's see. I know on Facebook, I don't know if you run this, but the Punk Equestrian is uh, that one yes, is yours.
2: That is, me. That is oh. my brand. And that is like the YouTube channel of Punk Equestrian is where you can follow the training updates for my off-track Thoroughbred.
3: Yep,
0: and then I have uh let's see. We also have uh Neato Kino on YouTube as well as Kino McFarland, uh dot kinomcfarland.com. Uh, we also have you on Instagram and Twitter at Sinistress, D-I-N-E-S-T-R-E-S-S, uh, on Neato Kino's where you can find all her short films and all the link to things. Kina McFarren, if you want to learn more about her. Um, I know when I was doing some uh, some research on you, I was reading your, uh, your Medium profile, which you are also on Medium. Um, what else? Is there anything else I'm forgetting?
2: I'm all over the internet. You can just Google me and I'll just be there.
0: <laughs> so if I so what, what's a search term I can just google and you'll be there
2: Keno McFarland
0: <laughs> okay there Smartest. Just, <laughs> Smartest. Hey, are you doing?
2: <laughs>
0: there you go just google Keno McFarland and it'll show you everything
2: although sometimes if you google me you'll find um, German film reviews of McFarland USA oh. we'll just put that out there
0: Oh, yeah, here's a picture of Kevin Costner. Yeah. And a little uh, Hispanic kid, unless unless that's you. Kevin Costner or the Hispanic kid.
2: No. Not (laughs) me. Unfortunately, no.
0: Well, again, thank you so much for redoing this. I'm so so sorry. (laughs) Oh, whatever.
2: Stuff happens.
0: I know. (laughs) But... (laughs) Anyways, thank you. Thank you all for listening. Um really just follow Keno. Oh yeah, I do I there there was one thing that I I plugged heavily and I I do want to plug the in. But it was your uh your book of poetry which is on Amazon because I I've bought that and I feel like more people definitely need to read it. Um
2: Yeah, if more people buy that then I could probably buy some coffee.
0: Yeah, do that. If, uh, if also if you want to support her, I know she's on Patreon at Keno McFarland.
2: I do have a Patreon but it's very very sporadic my usage of it.
0: The uh yeah, I, I remember you saying you don't put too much up there. But yeah. uh if you're not on there, uh the book that I was recommending it's called A Portrait of Poison. Um it's only on Kindle but it's only 99 cents and it is the best 99 cents you will spend and I promise that. Quick read, 28 pages of poetry, highly highly recommended. Uh, other than that, I I have nothing to add. Unless you have some final words, Keno. Uh,
2: you can also purchase it outside of Amazon, if you wish. I'm pretty sure it's available at Barnes and Noble, um, and a variety of other ebook resources. I think you can even get it at some libraries. Honestly. Really. Yes. Oh, that's I made awesome. Sure I, I made sure I could get it all out there.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, definitely. I like I said, I highly recommend, like, even though the book came out eight years ago, I highly recommend people go read it. Hey, thank Um, you. Yeah, uh, with all that said, thank you everybody for joining us. We will see you next week with another episode where we
3: act really fucking stupid. Later.